Since iTunes only keeps the last 100 episodes of any show, some of our show topics that seem to help the most people are no longer available when people search on iTunes. So, in an effort to make that information available to more people, from time to time we're going to re-air some of our most popular show topics. You can also go to kickitnaturally.com and search for any topic in our search box. For now, enjoy this show that originally aired in 2014. T.C. Hill is not a doctor and does not claim to be a doctor or licensed in any type of medical field. Don't be an idiot and use anything heard on the show as medical advice. This information should be used for educational purposes only and you should contact your doctor for any medical advice. Now get off me. Welcome to Kick It Naturally. I'm Kenna McEnroe and I'm here with T.C. Hale, author, natural health expert, producer, and a bunch of other stuff. Does everybody remember their lines? No. Did you memorize your lines? Audible. Audible. Audible.com. And uh, we also have here with us today, Hottie Patati Will Schmidt. Hi. Hi. How's it going? Good. Good. He's upset because I I gave some of his lines to you. (laughs) Aw. Well, it's because I do those accents really well. Right, yeah. Yeah. Do some some accents, Will, and then... Uh, I was about to get us bleeped off of it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so today's topic. uh, Can nutrition affect your skin, hair, and nails? What's the secret? The secret is yes, it can. All right, well, we answered it. There you go, people. Thanks. So next week, (laughs) we're going to answer a whole different question. These are easy shows. I like this. They are. These are breezy. Um, So if you guys have not liked us on Facebook, what is the holdup? Uh, you need to go there right now, stop what you're doing, stop making that Christmas peanut brittle, and uh, go on to Facebook and go to kickitinthenuts.com, not .com, just kickitinthenuts, that's where we post our topics every single week on Sunday, and then you guys can ask any questions you want us to cover, and we'll try to do that for you. By the time this airs, Christmas will have been over for about three weeks. Because we're ahead of schedule. <laughs> we are. We're getting some sh- some shows in the bank so that we can take a break. You'll probably still be eating the peanut brittle, though, in three weeks after right, Christmas, right. so there you go. And uh, remember when we didn't even have a sponsor? Well, that was silly. So now Audible.com is giving all of our listeners a free audiobook of their choice just because we say Audible.com. Audible.com. Are you supposed Audible. to do it? I already oh, did mine. I forgot my lines. Oh, gosh. <sighs> to find the link, go to kickitinthenuts.com forward slash audiobook to get your free audiobook.com. <coughs> Audible.com. So we have we've had uh, an episode that dealt with like skin issues like psoriasis, eczema, that kind of stuff. We have another issue that dealt with female hair loss, but uh, this is be a little different. We'll cover a few more topics that kind of all go together pretty well. So we should probably just go right into questions. Oh. And, All right, uh, here we go. I'm interested in uh, get, doing these questions, too, because I have some issues with skin. So, Anne from Holden, Missouri. TC, have you considered doing a topic of discussion on skin, hair, and nails? Tis the season for dry skin. Where does fungus come from? How can we have soft, luxurious hair? Why do I have ridges in my nails? Thanks for all your topics. I enjoy listening to them and gain lifestyle improvements. Kelly, I have noticed improvements in all those as my digestion and mineral levels have improved. James from Nixon, Missouri. Me too. So that's kind of going to be a big topic here. And we know that uh, a lot of the topics that we talk about, an underlying cause is digestion. Oh, but with, there you go. With, with these things, these are the, these are 
most common causes for digestion? You know, we need to get bells. And every time we say the word digestion, bells need to go off. Bells go off? Or yeah. we have to do a shot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that would be better. I <laughs> that would like be that better. one. That would be awesome. Yeah. Right. But, I'm going to see uh, Tony drunk one of these days. Let's look at, we'll just kind of breeze over a couple of these things real quick and so we understand what's the big deal with digestion when it comes to hair. Um, it's okay to have diarrhea. That doesn't have to do with brushing your hair or anything. But with hair, hair is protein. Mm -hmm. So if you can't digest protein, then it's hard for your body to have the tools it needs to make things like hair and nails and stuff like that. That's kind of where they come from. So a lot of people have digestive issues and they have no idea. So why don't you explain to us how that works a little bit? Yeah, well, would you say that the... The biggest digestive issue that we typically see is low stomach acid levels. You know, I would say that it is, but at the same time, you got to kind of wonder with some folks, uh, did they end up with low stomach acid because bile wasn't flowing so they couldn't break uh, down food and yeah. get minerals out of their food enough to make HCL? So yeah. okay. you kind of wonder. Well, yeah. yeah. Either way, either way, there's a lot of people that don't have enough stomach acid, and a lot of those people think that they have too much stomach acid so they take steps to get rid of the little bit of acid that they have and then they can't digest protein at all so people that are facing like acid reflux or heartburn or acid indigestion are usually advised by their doctor to take an antacid like Prilosec or Tums or even baking soda and water if you're trying to like save money whatever way you go about it or alkaline water whatever way you go about it you neutralize the area of the digestive system that should be very, very acidic and that is responsible for the breakdown of the proteins that you eat. Uh, without that acid in your stomach, you won't be able to break that protein down into available amino acids, and then your body is going to be shortchanged and not have the resources it needs to make healthy hair. Yeah, and so look at uh, this digestive process. It's kind of like, um, let's say a dollar comes into the body, and then it breaks down into little coins and then those coins float around the body and those coins can be used to buy new parts where they're needed. Um, but you can't buy them with a dollar. You can only use coins. It's so like a slot machine. Yeah, or just think of it as building blocks. So basically when this, you know, especially protein, when it comes into the body, it has to be broken down into amino acids and that's what the body uses as the building blocks. It doesn't use peanut butter sandwich to rebuild the body. It has to break a peanut butter sandwich down into amino acids and vitamins and minerals and, and nutrients like that and fats um, so that they can be used. So a lot of people that can't digest food, but they put food in and then poop comes out the other end so they think everything is fine. Yeah. They just think, oh, well, I'm just gassy or, or I'm constipated or I just burp all the time or I'm bloated. They they get, almost look at that like it's a separate issue that they probably got because their mom had that. Yeah. And this is a this is a big big deal for even when you get the right answer from uh a therapist or a person you trust or like a health coach or you read it and it makes sense to you starting the process of taking more like hydrochloric acid like you recommend for some people in your books is really difficult, you know, because it, it can be more upsetting to your stomach initially and your symptoms can often get worse and you can feel more nauseous at the start. So a lot of people that I've seen directly, like 
they'll be really dissuaded at first because it can be an uncomfortable thing as they get started. But if you're in that case, like go through our free digestion course at kickinthenuts.com so you can really get grounded in the science of it and the steps you can take to make that process easier. And and know that like if you do get this part of your digestion handled and you start to be able to digest protein by getting enough acid in your stomach, it's going to make a big, big difference, not only for your ability to make healthy skin and hair and nails, but also your ability to be like a sane person right. and build Human. muscle and you know, be friendly to people. Yeah, all sorts of reasons. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a lot of issues. If you went down the list of all of our show topics, probably 90% of them would be caused in some way by some type of digestive issue mm -hmm. and then the next one is sugar and then the other 10 percent are just from sugar yeah. right yeah. right um but so but that is common that you know if someone doesn't if their stomach is not producing enough acid then every little varmint that comes in the body on food you know some kind of bug or whatever i eat a lot of varmints you eat a lot of varmints they're they're fine. They come in and they're like, hey, let's let's set up a party and it's going to be a good time because there's that acid barrier is not there to kill them. That's the protective barrier. So when people don't have that barrier and then bacteria come in the stomach and they set up camp and they make the stomach even more alkaline from their waste, um, then if they try to improve their digestion by supplementing HCL and doing steps to improve their bioflow, it can really be uncomfortable for them at first because all the bacteria in the stomach gets real upset when you make the environment more acidic because it kills them off and they get real mad about that. And uh, it can be uncomfortable for the person. They can experience more reflux, uh, you know, discomfort in the stomach. But it kind of seems like the people who need it the most have the hardest time getting started. And that's why we kind of teach people Here's the steps that make it the easiest and do it this way. If you deal with this, you probably got to do this step, mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Yeah. So we won't get into that a lot in this show, but we do have a two-part episode just on digestion that you can listen to um, on top of the free four-week digestion course. So let's we're going to dig into more of the hair, skin, and nail stuff and how it relates to some of these topics. So let's just do more questions. Amber from Clara, Michigan. Can Will come demonstrate the proper method to massage, massage <coughs> lotion onto my body or kinna? Mm. No. Kinna. Denied. Oh, what was that thrown in at the end? That's I a little don't know. Kinna, kinna what? Amber, Amber was denied. Uh-oh. Sorry, I mean, Amber. unless she's got a lot of money. We usually do whatever well, how Amber much, wants. Yeah. How much is she getting paid? <laughs> it is I'm getting close above, to those holidays. I'm not I above that. Bucks. I have a lot of taxes uh -huh. to pay. Me too. Uh, Michelle from Embler, Oregon. The ridges in my nails have gotten so bad that the last couple, so bad the last couple of years. What is that an indication of? Joanne from Denton, Texas. Why do my nails crack and break so easily? Robin. Why do my toenails split right down the middle into the bed of my toes? Ouch. Ow. Also, what causes thin and brittle fingernails? What can I do to help this problem? So this is a, a thing of, you know, you see a lot of hair and nail formulas that are out there contain a lot of amino acids. So one fast way to see improvement is someone can supplement amino acids and um, even if your digestion is really poor, uh, if you can supplement amino acids, that's kind of like having protein that's broken down for you. And if you can get a wide spectrum amino acid, 
so that you're not just getting one like L-glutamine or something. You know, that can be helpful, but it's it's good to have the full spectrum. Um, then some people can see improvement to their hair and nails pretty quickly. Um, but when we see people with brittle nails or they're cracked or they're not growing or they, they break just if you flick them and... Um, it's almost always an issue of they're not getting enough nutrients in the body. And that can be a combination of you're eating food that's from a vending machine and it doesn't have any nutrients in it in the first place, or you can't break down the food and pull the nutrients out of the real food you are eating. And those those fake foods can pull out minerals out of the system. So say you're eating a healthy diet and you eat junk food. You're like, well, what the heck? I'm taking my multivitamin, multimineral thing. I ate some salad. But I had like three Twinkies or whatever it was. Right. Like all that sugar, we've talked about a lot in past episodes, pulls valuable minerals and nutrients out of the tissues. Right. And it's, you kind of look at it as when this junk comes in, the body has to deal with this junk. It's not food. It's not viewed as food. It's viewed as an innovator. And in order to handle taking care of this junk by you know, making it inert or removing it from the body, that takes minerals and resources to do that. As to, as is like even pollutants in water, like the chloride and fluoride pulls out glycine, which is one of the key amino acids that we need for base of almost all our tissues. Sorry, can I? And like when your body like needs resources, it's probably thinking the least about your fingernails and your hair. It's like right, oh, I'm gonna go to my liver or whatever this needs. Right, like the body has a hierarchy of what's most important to it at that moment, to the body at that moment. And just because we want our nails to be pretty... I want pretty hair and nails. Yeah, I want that the most. How do I make that the most? But the body is looking for survival and functionality and all those kind of things. So it may pull resources from hair and nails and maybe put it towards the reproductive system functioning. And, and, you know, it's going to have different choices. But um, you have to look at what are the resources are coming in and what am I able to use Another thing is you may be eating, well, I'm eating healthy, I'm eating, you know, vegetables, but if the vegetables that you're eating are commercially grown, normal vegetables, a lot of those don't have real nutrients in them because Mm -hmm. uh, they don't have nutrients in the soil that they were grown in. I bet Will wants to talk about that. I do want to talk about that. Um, One of the other favorite health podcasts that I listened to, they were talking about the difference between conventional and organic produce not really being substantial at all in the mineral differences in it. but um and that's the benefit really of organic over conventional is it's pesticide free and free of like potentially free of gmos depending on what you mean by organic but there's a step further that you can go that does greatly enhance the nutrient density of the food and that has to do with what's that's being called a few different things like uh, sustainable agriculture or nutrition farming or high bricks farming. But basically it's where uh, the farmers take care to um, make sure that the soils that the crops are growing in or the food that the animals are being fed come and is mineral dense and has the right uh, probiotic and biology in the soil to help get those nutrients to the plants. And there is a huge difference in the nutrient density from foods grown in that way versus uh, conventional or organic nutrients, which are or organic foods, which are typically kind of pathetic compared to what they used to be right, right. in the 20s or whatever. Right, and so it's hard to get the nutrients that we used to 50, 70 years ago. 
Um, so it's almost like you you have to do extra tricks. And, and one great trick is uh, we like to use uh, collagen or gelatin products in our protein powder uh, that will be out soon. We even put that in there just because it's so important and people don't get it in the food that they're eating. Mm. Um, but we also like to have people make bone broth mm-hmm. and just drink that because when you make bone broth um, – you're pulling all that collagen and all that connective tissue, all that good stuff out of the bones um, that we don't usually get in our diet today. You know, long ago they would use every piece of an animal and they would anything left over they put in a pot and make a soup out of it. Mm-hmm. And we just don't do that anymore. So bone broth is a great way to get a lot of extra nutrients that you may not be getting now. Mm-hmm. What about like cooking and stuff? Like you can cook the nutrients out too if you overcook or oversteam yeah, or and, and that that's, kind of stuff. That's all true as well. Um and uh you know if all of you know if making bone broth and all this kind of stuff is is too complicated for you, then you can use a collagen or a uh, gelatin supplement. Mm-hmm. But you got to use a good one. Don't use like a Jello. Yeah, it, right. And you know some weird. What's the name of that? The one. Food? The company we like is uh, Great Lakes Gelatin. Yeah, right. They source theirs from Brazil, which requires them to raise them on pastures, and it's good practices. Cool. Yeah. Elaine from Burbank, California. My toenails have been breaking and brittle, but my fingernails are strong. This is odd. I've been thinking I'm lacking something. You know, one thought I had with this is that, um, you know, when you see a, a diabetic, a type 2 diabetic, or even just a diabetic that's losing control, they always have the sores on their feet. And you always look at their feet, and that's why, you know, they lose their foot first. Mm-hmm. Um and it, it seems that when a person is really toxic and over-sugarfied that a lot of that stuff actually falls to the feet because that's at the bottom, you know, if you look at what gravity does. Um, and so that's just a theory as to why they have so many troubles with their feet and uh, the bottom of their legs and such. Um, and, and a lot of those issues come from, you know, all that sugars in there is just feeding uh, bacteria, I mean, they, they love that sugar. You're like a popsicle to them. Mm-hmm. So they thrive, and it's really hard to kill infections off. Um, and so it kind of made me wonder, you know, it, if someone is overweight and has insulin resistant uh, resistance issues um, and there's all this sugar flowing through the system, I wonder if uh, toenails could be a, more of a problem, more susceptible to falling apart, infection, all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. um, more than a fingernail would. Yeah. I like an anecdotal story that I have that kind of directly relates to this has a lot to do with maybe there's a, the instance of like the gravitational pull of toxins to the feet, which definitely happens. But for me, it was a matter of circulation and the circulation being worse to my feet. And when I was a kid, I used to get uh, planter's warts like on the bottom of my foot and then I'd sometimes get them on my hands. And as I got older, I'd, sometimes I'd go for a long time without having any, and then all of a sudden I'd get a few more, or I'd get them, and then they'd be gone. And I started to notice they were occurring in these, these same parts of my feet. They were almost always like the coldest, and they would get the muscle cramps the most. Oh. And then I learned, like from, I have this long background with posture correction and biomechanics. Those were the areas that were kind of inactivated due to my posture, like muscles that weren't really being used. So there was less energy demand through that area and less circulation and less um, 
sort of resources and nutrients being sent to those areas of the body in specific spots on different feet. And it was, it was really, it was really uh, well correlated. So as I improved my digestion and nutrition, my circulation improved, then even without correcting those postural imbalances that were there for, because of some structural damage, I stopped getting those problems. But this question and my own personal story makes me think that it has a lot to do with, with circulation and the body's ability to send nutrients and immune system resources to those areas. And it just can't do that as well if, if like... Like for a diabetic with gangrene, like their circulation is really impaired, and then right. their tissue just starts to rot. So, what can somebody look at and uh, steps that they can take to improve circulation? Because that's a big. I mean, you know, if you tie off your arm with a mm-hmm. tourniquet or whatever mm-hmm. that that was called, yeah, yeah, um, you know, the, the blood doesn't go there, and things start to go wrong with that arm real quick. Yes, <laughs> like that day. <laughs> yes. Uh, so. Um, it kind of gives you a picture of, oh, the flow of blood and nutrients to each part of my body is pretty important. Yes. Um, well, for me, I had put myself into a restricted circulation pattern uh, because of a long-time usage of pre-workout stimulants, like really intense, like those powders that you take right before workout to get all amped, that my body just got stuck in fight or flight after about 15 years of using them. So it just stopped, shoving, stopped pumping blood to my extremities, which caused a whole lot of pain besides these little skin issues. Um, and there's a post on mybodyofknowledge.net if you look up stress and meditation, where I talk about uh, the biochemical markers you can look at to see if you're in a fight or flight or sympathetic nervous system, and you can be like, oh yeah, that is an issue for me. Like, in one way you can just tell kind of off the bat is are your hands and feet usually cold? Is your breath rate kind of slow? Um, do you feel anxious? Like, do you feel kind of like tensed up most of the time? Those are kind of good little markers you can look at. And be like, huh, maybe I'm in a fight or flight system, and maybe that is messing with my circulation. And to fix that is a whole other story, whether it's like stop taking all those crazy stimulants mm-hmm. or a matter of like improving your body's insulin response could be another thing because a lot of people are stuck in that fight or flight. Or reducing Some, stress too. Yeah. and Yeah, right. External stress from their job, um, their mental habits as a kid, or also their metabolic, their, their nervous system's response to the metabolic imbalance of of insulin resistance, and, and it's a, it's a it kind of it makes sense why the body would move into that state and be stuck there, and why circulation would decrease because in a in a stressed out um, fight or flight state, um, the body's not so concerned with extremities. It's you know it's it's looking for survival, and you may need all the fuel just to run away type of thing. Um, so big muscles like legs and all that kind of stuff are, are more important. Um, but you can see that if someone lives their life in this stressed out state, it's not really a lion chasing them. It's just, they're stuck in traffic and their report is late at work and, you know, all that kind of stuff builds. Um, then they start having problems that poor circulation could create all of a sudden, like, why, you know, why am I having that trouble? And it all makes sense. Yeah. And like, even if you feel like you're kind of a calm person, but if you've developed some degree of insulin resistance, like a type 2 diabetic, your nervous system is going to go into sympathetic or fight or flight state to try to help speed uh, the processing of carbohydrates to try to, try to keep your body ha- to having energy. So you might be stuck in that fight or flight state because of your body's um, sort of... Uh, 
deranged metabolism and your your inability to process carbohydrates effectively. Right. And we'll come back to Elaine's question when we talk about one other person's question a little bit. Uh, but this is interesting. Is when I first started with you, my heels were cracking and bleeding all the time. That was so weird. And it was like they were just so painful. And then I, they just went away. Like after a month or two months of doing all the stuff with you, that went away. So right. I, it has a big thing to do with digestion, I'm sure. And, and a big thing with circulation, too, is that... You know, um, wine flows better than mud. And I'm not saying drink alcohol, but, you know, the consistency of wine, that flows better than mud. So if someone doesn't have bile flowing and the body doesn't have an ability to remove filth, all of a sudden that whole circulatory system becomes ridden with filth. Mm -hmm. And it just doesn't move right. And then all these other extremities are getting garbaged up too. So that's a big deal. Mm. All right, let's see here. Lori from Oxford, Michigan. I have had really oily hair for as long as I can remember. Cannot skip a day of washing or I look like hell. I've tried special shampoos and nothing works for me over, nothing works for my overactive sebaceous glands. I'm new to the Kick It site and just started the four week digestion course this week. Woohoo, Lori. Woohoo, Lori. Lori is going to want to do some. Bioflow stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I I can totally relate, Lori, because my skin used to be really oily and my hair as well. And when I do a little bit of work, like use a Xenoplex or take bead flow consistently, it really like clears that all up and it changes where the oil is going in your body instead of just your body not knowing what to do with it and shoving it out your skin and giving you acne. Instead, it starts to make use of those fats and turn them into energy. So Lori's new, so we'll explain uh, about bioflow. It, it, it's half of the digestive process, we say that loosely because there's other stuff that happens in there too, but um, the bioflow is what helps emulsify the fats that we consume. And without that, we can't emulsify fats properly, which means we can't use those fats. So then if those fats were not properly digested and emulsified, then what, what happens to the fats? It gives you acne and nausea and diarrhea and right. it, skin it just, problems and itchiness. It's, it becomes a problem to the body. They become toxic and rancid, and, and so the body wants to get rid of them. And so that is a lot of... Um, acne issues is just the body trying to push out these unprocessed fats through the skin. Um, so they can do that through the hair as well. So if you can take care of that problem, I think you'll see that you don't need a, a fancy shampoo. You just, cause the problem is coming from inside. So the shampoo is not going to do anything. Um, but if you can make those fats usable, then it's all, it's a good, it's a good time. Good times. Yeah. Rainia, if it is at all possible, can you add keratosis pilaris to the list of issues discussed? What's that? So it's kind of a uh, an issue that people have where they get the little bumps on their skin or it could be itchy kind of thing. Um, you'll see it on the back of women's arms a lot. Mm. And I really see it a lot on the back of women's arms if they're on birth control. Mm. Um because birth control has the ability to, uh, all the estrogen stuff can thicken up bile so that it doesn't flow well, um, and then there's no exit strategy for all the filth, and the body wants to push it out through the skin. So that, in my mind, that seems to be the most common cause, but it's definitely not the only one, because with any type of skin issue like this, you have to look at... um, 
are are there foods coming in that are uh, creating some type of um, there's a word that allergy goes, yeah an, an allergic allergic reaction, reaction a reaction yeah. that's what I wanted to say um, and we see this happen a lot with um, grains and dairy and legumes you know that doesn't mean that you can't have any of those but one of those things or even uh, nightshade vegetables you know um, one of those things or even processed foods could be causing a problem so what we like to see people do, we talk about this a lot in Chapter 9 of Kick Your Fat in the Nuts, is that you remove all those problematic foods for a month or so. Um, and you do the work to fix digestion so that you're really breaking down food uh, so that it doesn't become a, a problem the body has to deal with. And then uh, if you see improvement, then you can put them back in one at a time to see if you can figure out which one's causing the problem. Mm-hmm. All right. I think this guy probably pronounces his name Yamiro, but well, I don't know. Okay. It might be Jamiro. Uh, milk, it kind of does help your nails, and organic milk is better. Jim, so Yamiro, you mean calcium? And if anything, I'd say almond milk. Any other milk variety, unless, of course, you have a nut allergy. Yeah, there's nothing about milk that I'm a fan of, unless it's raw milk mm-hmm. or you you happen to have a goat and you milked it and then that's great. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm a fan of that. Um, but pasteurized milk is just uh, it's, I'm not a fan of anything about it. Mm. Do you have something that you're a fan about it? Well, I like what you can get out of it, like the butter and ghee. Mm-hmm. You can turn it into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but when you buy milk from a store, I don't. Yeah, right, right. I buy raw. I do right. buy raw full fat milk, and it's amazing. It really is yeah. delicious. It's, it's so a good time good. for everybody. Where do you get that? Just whole food. I'm this fancy pants oh. air like Erewhon, this grocery store. Oh yeah, I know that. Whole, whole food. I don't think they're allowed. I don't think Whole Foods is usually allowed to carry raw milk. No, but you can find it at farmers market, so you can find farmers that will sell it to you, kind of thing. Um, in some states, and that really depends. I love milk. Right. But, um, you know, just the milk itself, it's not, it's got all the sugar in it. I mean, it's uh, all the bad stuff that could be available in dairy is available in milk. And people drink it because they're like, I have to have my calcium. Mm. The problem is, is that not only does the pasteurization process make that calcium hard to use, but all the sugar and other junk in there is causing your body to pull calcium out of the tissues where it's supposed to be. Uh, and that's doing all kinds of trouble. Turning off your immune system. It's taking calcium out. I mean, if, taking it away from where it needs to be for things to function. So I, I I say no to that. Yeah, and and if you're the first, if you're listening to this for the first time, you might not have heard us talked about how sugar and carbohydrates and and vitamin D can pull calcium out of the tissues. But when we look at like the net impact of like a uh, moderately high glyce- or high sugar drink like milk and the amount of calcium in it, it's like does the net effect end up adding calcium to the tissues or does the sugar in the milk counteract the amount of calcium that's in the milk as well as like the vitamin D they usually supersaturate milk with right so it pulls more of the calcium out of your tissues and into the bloodstream which depletes your 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 skin and inhales 
your skin and hair and nails <laughs> from their their tissue density and also uh, sort of weakens your immune system and can overalkalize your bloodstream and cause all these other issues with the calcium uh, you know, not going back to where it should be, but collecting in the bloodstream. Right, and gets it gets deposited and calls and causes calcium deposits. Yeah. It doesn't go back to where it's supposed to be all the time. Right. It, it kind of it wants to follow that sugar, and and once the sugar gets used, the calcium just gets dropped off to wherever it is, and that's where it gets deposited. And sometimes that's in joints. And creates all kinds of other trouble. Yeah, and if you're you're like thinking, what are, what the heck are we saying? Like vitamin D is causing a problem. You should go back and listen to our episode that we did on just vitamin D, where we talk about this specific thing in great depth. And it yeah. does matter a lot because if you're super supplementing with vitamin D and you're like, why are my nails so weak? I thought I was fixing this. Like you'll learn a lot when you listen to that episode. Right, because because vitamin D is necessary for the body to assimilate calcium, but when you use the amounts people are telling us, it's a it's a huge problem, and we go into that a lot. But you know, one thing that um, Jim says is that you know calcium is important to build nails. It's an important thing to have, but number one, you don't want to get it from milk. And number two, a lot of people have plenty of calcium. It's just in the wrong place mm-hmm. because they're either taking too much vitamin D or they're consuming too many sugars or carbohydrates. Or they don't have enough calcium because they can't digest it to pull it out of the food that they're eating. Mm-hmm. So they're eating the right foods that contain calcium, mm-hmm. but um, they can't digest it and assimilate it. So that's why we usually bring it back to digestion because... If you can digest food properly, then all you have to do is just eat real food. Mm-hmm. Um, this nutrient dense and and you're golden in most cases. You don't even need to supplement calcium. It's just a matter of having giving your body access to it. Yeah, and not eating things that take that calcium out and away from you. Right. And from Holden, Missouri, how about moles? Do we get them? Why? Oh, I'm sorry. Why do we get them? I'm starting the over-the-hill stage of life, and I'm seeing more and more moles and/or skin tags. Why is that? Is there a reason they pop up on eyelids? Yeah. What is it? Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so, one thing we'll look at moles and skin tags, and um, skin tags are assumed to be generally harmless, and they're just like an accumulation. You can of- cut them off with a cuticle. Clipper. I've yeah, done it before. You've done that before. Just, yeah, just slice myself. it off. Exactly. Cool. But it's like a collection of collagen. So you kind of wonder why was the body making more collagen? But they say that they usually accumulate in skin folds, which is why they would happen in an eyelid. Um, and people get them in like their armpits a lot and stuff like that. So, and, and they're not uh, dangerous or anything. And you can just kind of remove them. But, um, Moles are a little bit different because moles are usually darker, and they're basically like a cluster of melanocytes is what they call it, and that's just a a, a group of cells that make melanin. I think is how you say it, melanin. And those are the ones you have to watch for cancer or the skin well, cancer. Well, well, melanoma is you know that's why they say that that name is. And so you have to look at it, is it a problem situation, but. Um, Melanin, I think is how you say it, is just... What? Melanin? Melanin. Yes. Yeah. Okay, great. No, I wasn't saying that right. put the wrong syllable. Yeah, they're they're supposed to be distributed all through the body, and that kind of is what gives the body a color. Yeah. Right. I don't have any. 
that's why if too much gets in in one area, that mole ends up kind of mm-hmm. dark or black or something. And and I've heard different reasons. I haven't heard any reasons why one person would get a lot of moles more than another that I liked. You know, they say that it can be hereditary, and I I think that can be a factor. Um, I, I do tend to see that people that are very overly anabolic tend to have more. I don't I don't know if you've ever noticed a correlation with that before, Will. Yeah, I mean, I would suspect that that would be the case, that they start to have undifferentiated cell replication, which is why, um, like, picking at moles and such can be dangerous because they can generate, like, they can spread to cancers. So I would think that those cells are starting to fall into that potential imbalance of undifferentiated replication, which is a tendency of an over-anabolic individual. Right. And... um so I, I don't I don't have an answer for that like that I really feel good about yet. I have researched it some for a couple clients, and I didn't find anything that that made sense to me or made like oh yeah like we usually can do with most stuff. Um, so that didn't help. No, but I do think <laughs> it could help to look at an individual's anabolic and catabolic imbalances and see if you're tilted one way or the other strongly, and see if correcting that can help fix the issue or reduce the occurrences. Right. So we teach people how to look at their own physiology and get a better understanding of at the cellular level, are you too anabolic or too catabolic? Mm -hmm. And if you see that you are too anabolic and you're a person that gets a lot of moles, then let us know. We kind of want to hear like, you know, uh, I like seeing correlations Mm -hmm. like that. Um, And I also like to see is if you can fix that anabolic imbalance, do fewer moles Show Do up. they fall Cause, off? I mean, because I, I I'm thinking back to like when I first moved to LA and and was just living off of like these whey protein shakes and hadn't learned anything about good nutrition yet, and I started to get all those little bumps on my skin, which I know are different than moles, but I believe I I don't I didn't have acne at the same time and I wasn't really gassy, so I don't know if it was just related to like bile issues as much as it might have also been an overly anabolic state that I was in and and how that was affecting my chemistry. But for one reason or another, I saw improvement in that kind of issue when I corrected that that imbalance. And one thing that you see, especially with, is with skin tags, you see that they're very common in type 2 diabetics and obese people. And you kind of wonder, well, is it a situation where someone's obese so there's more skin folds in there for them to show up? Or is it something that is triggered by high sugar levels? And... Anything that's common in a type 2 diabetic, I always look to, well, what what about high sugar would make that happen? Mm-hmm. And I certainly am okay with thinking that that could make that happen. Yeah, as those carbs do push, are one of the strongest things to push someone into an overly anabolic state. And there's there's a lot of good reason to think that cancer cells, not all cancers, but some forms of cancer are are highly dependent on glucose and sugar for energy. And the more an individual falls into that metabolic reliance, the more kind of those cells that they that proliferate. Right. So that that's all theoretical to us. We don't we don't we haven't had seen anybody that would confirm yeah, that, just, but why not just make up stuff? Sure. I'm if it's against sugar, let's just go <laughs> yeah, ahead and say it. If it just says sugar's stop the bad, sugar, people. Yeah. We'll see. All right, Megan. So, what's the secret to heal eczema? And uh, okay, eczema. I always get psoriasis and eczema confused. Sure. Psoriasis seems to be a more and more severe in most situations, and it's also harder to correct. You see a lot of people with eczema where 
you can fix bile flow or a few other issues, and it, it clears up And the red quickly. blotchy, like here, I used to get that stuff here, and it would just be like, like the skin would kind of be going That's, away. Well, the, from my understanding of it, in my personal experience, I used to have really intense eczema, and my girlfriend used to have psoriasis pretty bad. And for me, like eczema was like, it was very itchy, and it was more like bubbly and kind of even pussy. It was, it was really bad. Wow. So it, was, it was very attractive. At first, I thought it was poison oak, but then it just didn't go away. Um, and eczema is sometimes just like red, rashy, itchy. Whereas I believe, I could be wrong, that psoriasis or the most common forms of it is more like uh, flaky. Flaky, dry. Flaky, dry, itchy. And mine was definitely like like overly moist and fluid, rich. and. Okay. Because that's, I mean, like, now I don't have that, but I'll still get scouchy, uh, scratchy scalp. And sometimes I'm like, it just must be the weather because mm. I'm buying $70 shampoo right now that, you know, mm. is not actually a shampoo. It's just a cleanser. It doesn't even lather because it took out the soap. Mm. Um, so to- when you look at any type of skin issue like that, you you have to look at the correlation between that and liver function mm-hmm. and how is the liver working? Does the liver have the ability to remove junk or is the body going to try and push it out through the skin um but with psoriasis you know like we said like will was saying with eczema we, we see people in, improve it without a whole lot of trouble um but you could use those same steps with psoriasis and they won't but where i have seen success with psoriasis is like we talked about earlier doing the steps in chapter nine of kick your fat in the nuts is to remove 100% of all grains, all dairy, all legumes, all nightshades. And you're ba- basically doing like a paleo autoimmune protocol where you're only eating real food. There is no processed food, not even a bite. Um, so you're getting rid of all these foods that commonly cause trouble for so many people. And if you see improvement, then you know it was one of those foods. Mm-hmm. So then it can just be a matter of, Putting them back in one at a time, and you you eat a you add a food back in, and you eat it for uh, you know five or seven days, and make sure it doesn't cause any trouble because it's not like you you eat some rice and it you blow apart right away. Mm-hmm. It can take a few days to get that reaction, um, but you add the foods back in one at a time until you figure out what it is, and then you don't eat that food anymore. Uh, so what happens is a lot of these foods. Are have the ability to go into the body, and if they're not digested properly and fully broken down, they're viewed as an invader, and the body attacks it. And so every time you eat this food, and for a lot of people it's like wheat or anything with gluten, you know, any grains. So they're eating that pretty much everything they eat, and they don't realize that it's in all this stuff. Well, I had soy sauce and I, I had a horrible day, or I had bread and I don't, you know, it's all these different things. Um, but so when you eat those foods, the you have a full-on war going on. And a lot of times the body's trying to push some of this horrible stuff out, out of the body. And it can cause these skin issues. Mm-hmm. And you may also have triggers that you can gain sensitivity to. Like for my girlfriend, when she eats like spicy food she'll, or chocolate that didn't sit well with her, or if her chemistry was like a little bit more off than usual, she'll feel itchy like right away and kind of know like, oh, I know that food's going to give me psoriasis if I keep eating it. So you might be able to tune into your body and, and detect also some foods that are causing you problems. And other people have more like mysterious cases where they have to go on these really prolonged um, like 
food allergy elimination diets to figure out what and they're products doing. products, too. You have to start looking at, like, what you're washing your hair with and your soaps and stuff. Could you have, like, an allergy and external it's, allergy? It's, it's possible, but it's, it's a lot mm-hmm. less frequent um it's usually the trouble is usually going on in the body and mm. and we talk about this in chapter nine that you you don't just leave those foods out for a few days you have to do a month where you completely eliminate them because that's how long it can take for the body to get this junk out mm-hmm. wow okay deanne several years ago it seemed to be suddenly that my nails got ridges and the texture of my hair changed i was on atkins diet at the time is there any correlation there really could be because, and last week, the last two weeks shows, we <clears throat> talked about ketogenic diets and high-fat, uh, low-carb, moderate-protein diets and using them therapeutically. And we talked about if someone is doing a diet like that but they can't process fat, it's a huge problem. Mm. Um, so if you were eating these carbs and you were able to break them down and pull nutrients out, your body may have been able to have enough nutrients to strengthen the nails and such. But Mm -hmm. what happens if you take the carbs out and you can't process protein or fats? You just start losing nutrition because now your body's seeing those proteins and fats as toxic invaders. So it starts spending resources and immune system activity on neutralizing those perceived invaders. Right. So that doesn't mean that a high-fat, low-carb diet is a bad thing. It just was for you because you weren't able to process it. So anything that can't be digested becomes a problem. Right. And rather than just thinking like, oh, well, I should just eat a vegetarian, low-fat diet, then it's like, you want to look at like, okay, the issue was your digestion being weak. And we want to work on fixing that so that those foods become viable fuel sources rather than just thinking like, oh, fats don't work for me. Yeah, you know, another thing that, especially with skin health, that I don't even think we've talked about yet, is that if you're eating a low-fat diet, don't. <laughs> don't do that. Um, because your body needs fats to be able to rebuild all these cells, and it, is, it even it needs cholesterol. So if you're on some uh, low-cholesterol diet, then immediately push stop on this one and go over to our cholesterol uh, episode so that you can listen to that and understand the horrible mistake that you're making and uh, the fact that you're not doing any benefit by removing cholesterol from your diet. It's not changing the cholesterol load in your body in any way um, for the most part. Um, so those nutrients are important for skin to be healthy. So if you're following a low-fat diet, then don't do not do that. Mm. What about like hydration? Would water amount contribute? Shh. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. stuff out. Yeah, your body needs to be able to get rid of those toxins, and it doesn't only do that through the liver and the colon, but the kidneys also pee out lots and of your ways. Pores and- yeah. All right, Anna, right before starting the Kick It program, I like it's the Kick It now, right. uh, my skin was so paper thin, like tissue paper. I was getting skin tears like a really old lady. I'm about to turn 52 this month. Only a few weeks later, I noticed my skin was stronger and thicker looking. I haven't had any skin tears since. That would be awful. That's pretty sad. That would yeah. kind of freak me out a lot. Yeah. We haven't talked at all about the catabolic imbalance yet. No, we haven't. We this never talk good. about catabolic <laughs> right? hardly ever. What's right? up? So if, uh, that could have been a case, possibly, I'm guessing. But, for example, if Anna was in a catabolic state, that's where your tissues are in this, this continuous breakdown, energy production 
like car engine is on and running kind of it's where state. we are during the day. Yeah, it's where you should be during the day. And if your body isn't able to switch over into the opposite state, the anabolic, rebuilding, restful uh, metabolism, then the body's going to wear itself down, just like a car that never stopped driving. Like you got to pull over to the gas station and refill and have, do maintenance. So if you're not getting the nutrition you need or if you're eating foods that or stimulants or in your stressful environment that's continually pushing you into a catabolic state, then your tissues are going to start to break down. Right. And, and it, if it's always in the breakdown and never in the rebuild, then that's a problem. And, and that could have been the cause of it. Another cause could have been that without nutrients coming in, there's no building blocks to do that rebuilding phase. Mm-hmm. So skin would have been broken, you know, that tissue would have been broken down, but never would have been able to be rebuilt because of the lack of nutrients and cholesterols and fats and all those things that are needed. Mm -hmm. Um, So that may have been why she saw improvement too, Mm -hmm. because she would have fixed digestion. This topic's making me itchy. Uh I just want to itch. (laughs) (laughs) Sabrina, I had a manager who came up to me since I was the resident scientist, ooh, complaining about his eczema. He'd been eating a no-fat diet, or as close to it as he could, for about a week. Just a week. I told him to go away and eat some fish and chips. Not that that's the healthiest option, but I knew he needed some fats. He did it, and three three days later, he saw improvement. So I, I wish Tony would tell me to go eat some fish and chips. Yeah, I'd I happily oblige. I just, I just don't tell her that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you see the importance of fats in in a diet, and mm. so many people are so scared of them that they completely avoid them altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, some other things, just that I want to say before we wrap up, is steps you can take to fix your issue really depend on what issue you're in. So if you're in a catabolic imbalance, you're going to have very different appropriate actions than someone who's in an anabolic imbalance. And that's going to affect like um, how, like if you take the right steps to say, like you hear us eat a lot, say we say eat a lot of fats or do things that help you get into an anabolic state so you can start to rebuild your tissues. Well, if you're already in an anabolic state like and you're dealing with moles and skin tags and stuff, you're going to make the situation potentially worse. You want to you want to really take time to before you take any of these steps that we've talked about or cut out anything, go through the free digestive issues course and see where your personal chemistry is sitting and then uh, you can make sense of what to do from there. Right, and you can figure out what fats are most appropriate for me, what are going to help me the most. Yeah. Um when we look at the catabolic state, something else we didn't talk about. It seemed like there was someone who had a toe fungus question, but I don't know if it got cut out or what. Um but when you look at nail fungus infections, and they, they happen most commonly in toenails because... The very first question, oh, where yeah. does fungus come from? Oh, okay. Um, the uh, they, fungus infections, they thrive in like a dark, moist area, like where your foot in your shoe, you know, where it sweats in your shoe, and, and they thrive there. But... People that are in an overly anabolic state tend to have more viral issues, and people that are in an overly catabolic state tend to have more bacterial and fungal issues. So if you're a person that gets a lot of toenail fungus issues, then you, you should check out to see if you are in a catabolic imbalance. And if you are, improving that issue may reduce the amount of nail infections that you get. 
Yeah, I, I actually had a client who was really on board with all of, like the raw vegan organics and was doing tons of like the essential fatty acids and all that and she was always dealing with yeast infections and then when she when I told her like, Oh, that leaning in that direction makes you more susceptible to like fungal and yeast and bacterial problems, as soon as she started eating more saturated fats and allowed herself to go more anabolic, she had no more issues. Right. Yeah. So the the body has a nice design like that where in the catabolic state, virals don't flourish. And in the anabolic state, bacterial and fungal issues don't flourish. And so if we move back and forth from day to night like we're supposed to, then they're always running in, in, in horror. You know, mm-hmm. there's no happy place for them to live. Mm-hmm. And we, our immune function is much stronger. Mm-hmm. But it's so easy for people to get stuck. And they, this isn't taught. So we don't know if we're stuck in a anabolic state. Nobody knows what that is, really. Um, so tell somebody. Your job is just to tell one person. One person. Yeah. And they tell one person. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you do get a lot of nail fungus issues, a lot of people use things like, um, like they'll soak it in like Listerine or like apple cider vinegar or tree tea, tea tree oil, oil uh-huh. um, or, or oregano and olive oil kind of thing, just to kind of kill that off. But if you're stuck in that catabolic state, you're still susceptible to those a lot. So you want to look at the underlying issues. Too. Yeah, I think maybe to wrap some things up, like some general steps that everybody dealing with this kind of issue should take is first. Try to correct whatever digestive issues are going on. And then maybe we could say some baseline good nutritional practices would be like bone broth and collagen-rich foods as well as like natural food sources of vitamin C, which we didn't really talk about at all. We didn't, and that's really necessary. Yeah. And uh, gelatin as well. Yeah. Um, but especially with skin, vitamin C is a huge thing just because it's 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 involved in almost every repair process that the body uses. And humans and guinea pigs and uh, I think primates are the only mammals that don't make their own vitamin C. So we got ripped off. And, and taking a vitamin C supplement often, often doesn't do much because they're sometimes just ascorbic acid. Mm-hmm. And we use that for specific purposes for other things. But if you want to supplement vitamin C, you need a whole food source of vitamin C. Like we use Bio-C or... Uh, um, there's another company that makes Garden yeah. of Something Life maybe makes a whole yeah. food sea. There's um like you can get Camu Camu, which is like a very low sugar, very high vitamin C berry that's usually available like Whole Foods or on Amazon. And then there's also Acerola Cherry. And there's there's a lot of different companies that make these like super fruit powders out of that are very high in vitamin C and low in sugar. As far as bone broth, you just go get the bones and then you just soak them in a you get okay. marrow bones from like your butcher or something. Mm-hmm. You want something like grass-fed bones because you want all that stuff to be healthy, healthy. and not toxic. Yeah. And then you uh, put them in a crock pot and um, you cook it for like a day. And you put in st- other stuff in there like onions and maybe a little bit of apple cider vinegar to help pull the stuff, all the nutrients water, out of the bones. Just regular water? Regular water you could use, yeah, is, is great. And you put seasonings and stuff in there so it turns into a broth and then you filter it out. And I put it in ice cubes to keep in the freezer. And then in the morning, I'll just pull out five or six. Oh, like ice cube trays. Yeah, and I warm them up, and I just have like, it's like my cup of coffee without coffee Mm -hmm. in it. Interesting. Um, Another thing that we didn't hit on was that uh, I found an interesting thing that 
rosacea, which is that oh, yeah. thing where the skin gets kind of red and maybe you're drunk Irish person. Right, yeah, it's exactly That's what I look what like after I've had a few. <laughs> um, they found that there's a correlation between that and H. pylori, mm. and that kind of confirms everything that we're saying that uh, lack of digestion can cause skin issues because if you have an H. pylori infection, you don't have stomach acid because they they turn that off. They eat all your hydrogen. There's no ability to make uh, stomach acid. So um, that's probably the big step is to do the things that Will was saying and then check on your digestion. Do the free course to understand, do I really have issues with digestion? And if you do, how to fix those because those are those need to happen. Mm-hmm. Cool. I, I think we covered everything. We covered so that was a, those are good steps yeah. to take um, and take them. All right. Yeah. For all of our Kick It Naturally listeners, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial so you can check out their service. Just go to kickitinthenuts.com forward slash audiobook to find the link. And if you want to learn more about how to look at your own chemistry, you can read any of Tony's books or take the free four-week digestion course at kickitinthenuts.com or head on over to Will Schmidt's mybodyofknowledge.net. And he's got a lot of great info on there, too. And he has something surprise coming up soon as well that I checked out the other day that's really cool. Oh, yeah? Yeah, remember? I'm not going to tell it because it's uh, not okay. ready to be unveiled, uh, but right. it's coming. Cool. Yeah. Surprises coming. Uh, surprises are coming. Woohoo!